Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go today. What are we talking about? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about golf. Luke's uh, going to do his... His his Ryder Cup recap. We will get into a little bit of a review of week three in the NFL. We'll preview week four and we'll talk about we'll do a few good minutes on college football here at the end. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as your favorite teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. All right. Currently, 7-8-1 so far this season. We went 2-2 two and two last week. Feeling lucky. On the money line, hit for the second week in a row. So that's always good, but that does not bode well for us moving forward. But uh, what do you got this week? What did I have last week? Did I hit? No. Um, (laughs) The Raiders. The Raiders won by three. It was three and a half. Son of a bitch. Give me uh, Cincinnati minus seven and a half. Not tonight, tomorrow night. Or tonight when uh, this comes out and you listen to this. So you like the Cincinnati Bengals minus seven and a half at home on Thursday night football against Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got four again. The Friday night special Maryland plus three and a half at home against Iowa. Maryland's four and oh, they're fun. They got to a tug of little brother playing quarterback. He's got like 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns, one pick in the first four games played. Maryland's a fun team. Really like them. Take them plus three and a half on Friday night. Saturday, rolling with Arkansas. Not going Arkansas money line, but Arkansas is plus 18 and a half at Georgia. They're number eight. They beat number seven, Texas A&M. They beat number 15, Texas. Not suggesting for one minute that they're going to beat number two, Georgia. But that 18 and a half feels a little chunky to me on that one. So go Arkansas plus 18 and a half. And then in the Sunday with the NFL, Kansas City, minus seven and a half at Philly. <laughs> I have a feeling Kansas City is going to come out. Stuff. Very, what's the word I'm looking for? Encouraged. Pissed, pissed off. <laughs> They're going to come out very pissed off. I like Kansas City, minus seven and a half. And then if you're feeling lucky, the Detroit Lions on the money line, plus 125 at the Chicago Bears, the Bears suck. Uh, there's really nowhere else to go with that. And I don't really think it's a talent thing. I just, their their coaching situation, there's, you know, when national media members start calling, former players start calling for head coaches' jobs on national media shows, you know your days are numbered because those guys generally don't like to do that. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, here it is. My boy, you follow Luke on Twitter, you know that he was heavily, heavily invested in the Ryder Cup this weekend. So have at it. Let's hear your thoughts. Let's get your takes. Luke, recap the Ryder Cup for the fans. Oh, 
Oh, oh, what a cup it was. You know, I felt great going in, obviously. Um, I predicted on Thursday before the, the tournament started that uh, that the U.S. would win pretty comfortably, 16-12. to 12. Not as big as a blowout as the year before when the Europeans put it on a 17-11. But um, I felt like... Uh, I felt like we were right there. And the year before that, I believe it was 17-11 too. The U.S. beat Europe. But with all due respect to that 2016 team at Hazeltine, they had they, they had the following players on their squad. It was Jimmy Walker, Zach Johnson, J.B. Holmes, Brant Snedeker, Ryan Moore, and Matt Kuchar. All due respect to those six guys. Very good players. They are not the six guys that we replaced them with. You know, the rookies went 14-4-3. In uh, in this, and it's so unfair to call these guys rookies. You know, Colin Morikawa has two majors. Xander and Cantley have both played and scored points in in uh, Presidents Cups. You know, it, it's just you know, Scotty was really the only true rookie because he, uh, you know, he he he's contended in majors. He was in a final group of a PGA. Scotty, Scotty Scheffler, right? Yeah, Scotty Scheffler. Sorry if I didn't say that, but yeah, he's um, God, he was awesome. He he won his match on Sunday with Rom. Just, oh God, it was so, it was just, the whole week was just awesome. They came out on fire. They went up 3-1 in that first session and that was it. Like, and I had this take this week and I was afraid to put it out into the world. But like I said, I felt confident, but the take is that this team is like, they're like the KD Warriors to the extent that this, that this event can have a, a KD Warriors because like it, it, it's match play. Look, any wild things have happened. You know, the U.S. was a huge favorite going into France and they got smoked there. So like anything could happen. And I just never felt like the KD Warriors were in jeopardy of losing. But it goes even a little bit farther, too, with like like Rom as the LeBron. And because he, he is he is the best player on planet Earth and he balled all week and it just didn't matter. It just did not matter because we were just so deep everywhere else. And you saw, you saw it on Sunday. Once once we got to that singles match, he was so burnt out. I mean, all due respect to Scotty Shuffler, he's the number 21 ranked player in the world. He was the 12th man on that team going against John Rahm, and he beat him soundly. He beat him soundly. Uh, I believe it was four and three he beat him. He birdied the first five of the first six holes, just never looked back, never just put his foot right in his throat and never took it off. I loved it. It was fantastic. They were just analytically maxed out. Like, they, they, the, you're, the, Stricker finally did, and uh, the U.S. finally went to analytics. You know, we've heard about the Europeans doing this for, for years. They used uh, the 15th Club, which is an analytics company that tracks all these stats and gives them their pairings. You know, this guy will play best with this guy in alternate shot because of these factors, you know, these following factors, whether it's strokes gained off the tee and looking at all that stuff. And uh, Scotty Shuffler was on the No Laying Up pod today talking about it. And he said, you know, we, we looked at the numbers that week. And, uh, you know, Bryson and I, and I, I, I think most of the golf world felt that Bryson couldn't be played an alternate shot because he just plays so much differently than everybody else. But he, Scotty played two practice rounds with Bryson and they shot seven or eight under, like it didn't matter who was in front of them this week. This is the greatest team of all time. They were smoking anybody that to put them out there. Cause it's not only are they, you know, 12 of the 21 best players on planet earth, but they were also all in really good form. And and they showed it, you know, that it was pretty much over after the first day. They, they won both sessions, three, one. I can't believe that, you know, some of the matchups that uh, Patrick Harrington put back out there. It was just it was just so bad. It was it was it, they were I mean, they were cooked. And, um, you know, I don't know how much of it you saw on Saturday, but uh, JT and Berger chugged a, chugged a beer on the first tee between the two sessions. Now, at that point, we're up nine to three. Look, they were throwing beers into the crowd, okay? Because Michelob Ultra is a big sponsor, and a couple of them got tossed back. And I've seen the full video now. The first video I just saw, I'm like, oh, I can't believe they fucking did that. Not that I didn't like it, I enjoy it. This is an exhibition match. I don't think it's, you know, I think the Europeans get pissed off anytime we do something like this. And you know, their fans are just as unruly. But it's like, oh, they're they're such gentlemen, and you know, it's such bullshit. But. Uh, so, yeah, they threw the bat back to him and they just slammed their beers. JT only drank about half of it, but uh, that pissed that pissed Europe off. You could see it. That's that second session on Saturday was chippy. Um, they were actually up three one heading into the final stretch there. And uh, Scotty and Bryson, Scotty was huge in that match, too, down the stretch to pull up point. You know, if they don't get that point, it's 10 six. 
And uh, I think we've seen 10-6 flip three times in Ryder Cups, the most recently being in Medina in 2012 when the U.S. was up 10-6 and the Europeans won the first five matches of singles and took the lead and, and they ended up winning the whole fucking thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just so much fun. I, I mean, sun, Sunday singles was a bloodbath as well. The, the Europeans won three matches. Obviously, it was 19 and nine record points. The rec- most points ever was 18 and a half. And um, it looked like for a while that the U.S. was going to get to 20. But uh, yeah, I believe uh, uh, Spieth and Fleet would have, which which kind of cost them. And then obviously Morikawa and uh, and Hovland, which Morikawa was the, the matching or the, the the clinching point there in what the fifth match out. Just in, just insane beat them. But um yeah, what I, all I want to really say from here is that, you know, the U.S. is stacked and they've got about five or six guys that didn't even make this squad that that are just as good, you know, can be just as good contributors. And I'm not talking about guys like Kevin Kisner and Kevin. Now, I don't think that they have like really any business on a team like this. I'm talking about young guys like Will Zalatoris. And uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but they're going to be favorites in France. And um JT and Spieth have become like the de facto leaders. We heard in the press conference, Spieth talking about, uh, you know, they asked Xander if what he thought or uh, they, the question was talking about uh, the one in, in uh, Rome next year. And are you looking forward to that? You know, does it feel real or, or like unfinished business until you get one in Europe? And he's like, oh, I'm just focusing on this and having fun. And, and JT kind of stepped in and made it a point to say, no, it, it is like unfinished business. And then he added, and if we if this team plays like we did this week, it's going to be the same score. So, like, they're clearly feeling themselves. They know that they're better. They know that Europe's in a little bit of a transition. And the U.S. is set up for, like, a decade of, of scores here. Now, I don't think it'll be the same score, but they're set up just, just, just to run this event. And uh, one more thing on, on Captain Stricker. Brooks took some heat on it for a Golf Digest interview that he did this uh, that came out the week before where he talked about the Ryder Cup and the week of the Ryder Cup, how it's different. You know, caddies aren't allowed in team meetings. I, he's like, I don't even bring my physio to because I'm not going to have time to see him. It's just there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, Stricker threw all that out of the book. He said, look, stick to your routines. Do what you guys do. Bring your caddies. You know, they cut down on dinners and events uh, during the week so that they could have time to re- just relax and um you know, just go through their, fa- their their regular routines. And I think that really went a long way. I don't think that I don't think that Stricker did a whole lot of rah-rah stuff. And I think that that really resonated with these guys because for now for two more years, well, until next summer or until next fall when they play in the President's Cup, they're going to be singular players and competing against those guys. Like they're they're so like I think it's crazy to try and change it so drastically for this one week. And I think that the U S gets in their own way so much with that stuff that I think Stricker really did a good job. And I think that that needs to be a template going forward. But um, I mean, that's all I got to say about the U S team. And I wanted to mention Rory too, because he had uh, a rough week. He's played every single Ryder cup session since like 2011, I believe. And uh, until Saturday afternoon, they sat him because they just couldn't put him back out there because he was so bad. So it was as a fan of Rory McIlroy, it was nice to see that passion. You know, he used to play like that all the time and he used to play fiery and he just, I mean, he just beat the shit out of Xander. And uh, it was just nice to see, you know, it was sad. It's heartbreaking because like he's, he's obviously very clearly lost with his game, but it was nice to see that there is still that passion and hopefully, you know, he hopefully can find it. You know, he still can birdie. I mean, he had a rough week. There's no doubt about it. But I think he was second in the tour in uh, in birdie percentage. You know, so he's just got to clean up some stuff. And that's a lot of the same stuff that Jordan Spieth was going through the last couple of years until he was able to come back and find it. And I think that that's something that Rory absolutely can do. It's just a matter of, you know, does he want to? Is he able to find that? So it was nice to see that, uh, you know, there was a, still a little bit of fire in there. Yeah, I'll just close it with um, this is this is the greatest team ever, you know. The dream team had a Christian Leitner. This team did not have a Christian Leitner. They're just fucking stacked. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they do in Rome. That was awesome. I didn't watch too much. Go ahead. Real quick. DJ. DJ was the MVP. I mean, he changed his complete Ryder Cup, like 
his career. He'd always been kind of saddled with guys like Ricky and Kucher, who are great players, but they're not Colin Morikawa. And so to see him go five and zero and actually, like, obviously at the press conference, he was a little bit drunk at that point, but that was that was so great to see him you know, play well in one of these things finally. And, uh, you know, play like the number two player in the world. I think he, I don't think he scored a point in France and he was the number one player in the world at that time. So it was really refreshing to see that. And that's the oldest fucking guy on the team. And he went five and oh, he's the fifth person in history to do that. You good? I'm good. I'm good. I didn't watch too much. I was following the score or, you know, during the week or whatever on Friday and, so I was following it, and then Saturday morning I played in a golf tournament, so I didn't get to see it, and I was in the Cups by the time that was over. I, m- I remember watching a little bit on Saturday afternoon, and then all day Sunday, you know, I was watching football, but, you know, by Sunday, like you said, I mean, it was it was over anyway. So I just enjoyed, you know, watching you tweet about it. So, you know, go, go, go Team USA. It's always great when we have an opportunity to get behind the flag whether it's the Olympics or World Cup or whatever, it's always great. And it's obviously even better when, you know, we, we dominate like that. In record so, fashion. Yeah. And they so were it, fun. They were likable. The, the U.S. team is never like that. It's usually stuffy and like uptight. And they're in a really hard spot in these things all the time because they're always big favorites because they do have the better, the better players on paper. So they're really always in a no-win situation where despite having lost previous to this seven of the previous nine you know so many people just kind of take the safe stance of rooting for europe where it's like yeah their players they are they are most time a little bit more likable but i think our guys were great they genuinely enjoyed each other's success you know where if you if you root for the europe and they lose you're like oh well you were favored to win anyway so it's like really a no-win situation for a team like like the u.s especially one like 2018 that was just very not fun and unlikable and there's a few guys that maybe could force their way into the team in, in Rome, but let's hope not. I don't know if the European team's more likable. I think, you know, this group of American players, I mean, they're, a they're, bunch, marketed. Of, they're a bunch of country club flat, frat boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, they're cocky assholes. And, you know, if you don't like it, you need to beat them. And you, you don't let them set records against you because – when they do, when they're sitting at the podium afterwards, they're going to say, if we play like this, we're going to do the same thing because they will. I mean, they're, they're not they're not lying to you and they're not going to do the, you know, the, the media, the PR thing where it's like, well, you know, we just got to work hard and take it one stroke at a time, one all at a time. No, if we play like this, we're going to beat you. And you know what? Appreciate it. Uh, respect it. You do. You know, I do. I love that shit. I love when we get the realistic answer and not some, you know, media generated, you know, let's just kind of do what the PR coach tells us to do. So certainly appreciate it. I, I did hear JT say that and uh, I liked it. So looking forward to uh, the next go around and then obviously looking forward to the president's cup next year. So. And if Brooks had hold that shot t- T shot on 17 and sealed the, the, the winning point, I would not be here right now. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Let's move to let's move to the NFL. Let's let's do a little bit of a review of week three. Obviously, doing this later in the week, this go round, this episode. I was traveling for work this week, so we were unable to. I think the positive there is we have Monday night football in the books. We have a few days to kind of let the, the last week of football marinate a little bit to to make some of our uh, stock up, stock down, top five, all that stuff. You know, it's not just sort of instant reaction. We've had some time to step away from it and really think about it. So let's go ahead, as usual, start with stock up. Who's your stock up this week? Oh, man. Why don't you give me yours? <laughs> Buffalo. I, you know, I think first and foremost, my stock up is Buffalo. They, they look completely different since that week one loss to Pittsburgh. We've said it the last couple weeks. I, I, don't, I still don't know how they lost to Pittsburgh. Uh, they're outscoring opponents the last two weeks, 78 to 21. Obviously, that's fueled heavily by a 35 to nothing beatdown in Miami two weeks ago. I, I think the real difference with them, you know, obviously it's Josh Allen. He's playing better and his you know, he's more accurate and, and all that, but I, I really like the way they're using Zach Moss. It, it, 
to me, it's the difference in, in their offense over the last two weeks. And really, even going back to last season, you know, Josh Allen isn't taking hits in the red zone. They're using Zach Moss. He had two t- rushing touchdowns la- two weeks ago. And then last week, they actually threw the ball to him in the red zone. And, and I think if they continue to use Zach Moss in that fashion, now all of a sudden it's a different dynamic because in the green zone, they become very one-dimensional. You know that Josh Allen's going to take the ball and he's either going to run it or he's going to throw it. And now that you're utilizing Zach Moss in a way that you haven't before, I think it makes that team a little bit more dangerous, makes them a little bit more dynamic. And they're really, I've been impressed by them the last two weeks and and they're my stock up this week. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I had the Chargers in stock down last week. Um, Either you did or I did. I can't, one of us did, I think. Um, I'm going with them. Not my win of the week. You know, they lost that turnover or they won the turnover battle 4-0 and the Chiefs still lost or Chiefs only still lost by six. So like, I'm not really panicked about the Chiefs, but I do. I was impressed by by what the Chargers were able to do. They are kind of uniquely equipped to to defend them because they can. You know, I know Kelsey had what, 107 yards, 104 yards on seven catches, but um, kind of uniquely equipped to put just stick Derwin James on him and double up Tyreek Hill. Tyreek only had five for 56. And I think it's an interesting dynamic when when uh, when you're built that way, and you can you can defend the Chiefs that way. So I like what they did defensively, and I think that that's a direct correlation to their head coach. So and Herbert's still impressive. I mean, he he makes three or four throws every week where you're just like, Jesus Christ! How about, like, how? How about Mike? How about Mike Williams, dude? Pretty impressive. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm surprised. Like, I mean, what's this? His fourth? Got to be his fourth or fifth year at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, but he's he's had injury problems and he's flashed. The player that he has been consistently now, granted, it's three three weeks, right? But the player he's been over the last three weeks has been the player that's flashed over the early part of his career. And he's just he's fucking big, man. And he's athletic yeah. and he mm-hmm. gets open and he fights for the football. And he, that dude is a fucking beast. Yeah, he is. He is. So um, but yeah, I'm going with uh I'm going with the Chargers. Who's your stock down? It's, I mean, it's the Bears. Like I, I didn't have them in the bottom three. They scored. They were they have fifty four yards. I think um, fifty four yards. <laughs> they averaged like one point three yards per play or something. One point one. Looking at it right now, one point one. Oh my god! Well, one for eleven on third down. Nine. They got sacked nine times. Didn't turn the ball over. So there's a plus for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, you mentioned it um, in the open. They are, uh, that, I mean, like I, I obviously I was pretty locked in um, on Sunday, but I did watch the condensed version, which is fantastic viewing. I mean, I love watching those 25 minute games on game pass. I, I actually have Sunday ticket so I can go and watch them right oh, you there. Can go back and watch it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I have access to like the all 22 and everything, but I do get the condensed version. So we went back and I watched that on Monday. You wouldn't and, even uh, know what to do with the all 22 son. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it, it was bad. Uh, Justin Fields was, was bad. The coach was worse. I think you, you, you said you thought it was a coaching problem. I think it's a little bit of both. I, I don't think they have a ton of talent on that team, you know, outside of guys like, like I think fields will be fine, but like Allen Robinson, their line is a mess. Like miles Garrett and, and Clowney, there's just eight that line. I mean, it was embarrassingly bad for so. So they're they're my stock down because they, they haven't been in my bottom three. So I got to put them somewhere. Got to give a shout out to Jeremiah Wusukormo as well. I mean, he was flashing Great all game. over the field. Great game. Uh, tackles for loss. That that kid's really developing quickly. So it's good to see Delpit. You know, two weeks ago, and then JOK do it. It's going to be interesting this week. You know, not to get too far ahead of us, but Newsom is out for the Browns and Greedy Williams is going to get the start. So hopefully these young players that are being drafted, you know, Greedy can be next one up to to kind of do that. My, my stock down, you know, I, I feel like you're going to listen to me and you're going to be like, God, he's been waiting, waiting to do this. It's fucking Kansas City, dude. Kansas City's lost three of their last four games. I mean, there's really, there's no other way to say it. They scored nine points in the Super Bowl. The Browns, 
had just a meltdown at the end of week one with a f- uncharacteristic fumble by Chubb, that crazy special teams thing, and then Baker trying to throw it out of bounds. And it, I mean, that's the only game they've won in their last four. And and that's the reality of it. That's there, There's no other way around it. Like people who are Chiefs fans or Chiefs supporters or, or apologists of the team, that they can spin it any way they want to, but the team's lost three of their last four games. Their defense is fucking terrible. Their defense is horrendous. And I don't know what's going on with them because they have talent on that defense, right? They got Matthew on the back end. He had two, two interceptions two weeks ago or whatever. You know, obviously they've got talent – uh, on the in their front seven I don't know what's going on there what the deal is if if they're uninspired or whatever you know I'm I'm anticipating based on the bet online read that we're going to see a little bit different team this week so but that's the other thing and then dude I'm gonna do it man I mean Pat Mahomes just fucking throw the ball regular like you don't have to do fucking no look passes you don't have to like Throw from all the like I get it, man. Like the ESPN highlight throws, like they're cool, but when you start, they're only cool when you complete them. Like when you start throwing interceptions, and he's thrown an interception the last two weeks on one of these no look passes and or one of these crazy, you know, arm angle throws. And I expect more from Pat Mahomes. I know you expect more from Pat Mahomes. His coach should expect more. The media is bailing them out a little bit. You you know, some people kind of attacked him on Twitter, but look, I'm not sitting here going, oh my God, Kansas City's not a good football team, but their stock is definitely down. There was a period there where they felt, I'm not going to say invincible, but right in that tier below invincible. And they just don't feel that way anymore. I mean, we have not really seen them play well since January of last year. So We'll see how they look against Philly this week. I'm, 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 I'm excited to see that game. I'm anticipating a different team coming out, but my stock down this week is Kansas City. I'm going to push back just a tiny bit. Uh, I don't disagree with anything that you said, really, other than in that game specifically, they outgained them by 100 yards. They had 5.8 yards per play. You know, We know turnovers are a little bit fluky, especially for a guy that had never thrown a pick in September. I think what now he has three. He threw two on on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, he threw two. So he's got three now. Like that's a little regression to the mean. Like I'm just I'm not worried. And I, we talked about this going into week one. That offensive line is three rookies. So like he's going to see a lot more pressure than he's seen before. And so far it it hasn't been great. But we know that he can get rid of we can he can get away from pressure and make plays happen. Um, I, I hear you, but let, let's just look at this right now. I mean, the, the four best teams in the AFC, I think the way that it's shaping out, the four best teams in the AFC are Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Buffalo. And we know Baltimore can beat them. I, I, I believe, based on what we saw in week one, that, that Cleveland had a win there on the table. So I, this is the first time in probably 36 months that you could say that they're that the, the 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 other three or four teams that are up there with them as contenders in the AFC can realistically beat them. Sure, I, I don't. Yeah, don't disagree with there. I, I I agree that the stock is down. I think that all those teams can beat them. But I mean, first, I don't know about Buffalo. I'm I'm not I'm not ready to go Buffalo yet. But you know that I just I think I think it's there. All five possessions in the first half was interception, fumble fumble punt field goal I, I just don't think you're gonna get many halves like that from them and they were down 14 three a half and obviously I mean they came back and took the lead yes and again like I mentioned four no and yeah that's definitely on them I mean if you turn the ball over four times like it's hard to win any game but they still had a shot they still had a shot late and then and then Mahomes throws the pick and they go and score which which was really weird right like I don't understand why they wanted to give him the ball back. Give who the ball back? Mahomes. Well, they didn't want to give him the ball back. Staley <laughs> said in the post-game press conference, he's like, I felt it was better for us to just score right there. Well, to score the touchdown to instead score of killing the touchdown. The but you got to remember, they went fourth and four. They were going to go for it, and then they had a false start, and then it's fourth and nine. They're like, okay, they're going to kick a field goal. Fuck no, they... <laughs> 
they still went for it. And that's that wow. real that really is the the Pat Mahomes effect because you realize, look, if we kick a field goal right here, we have we probably have no chance of winning this game. So I, look, I'm not sitting here and you know I'm not. I'm not saying Kansas City's a bad team. I just they they feel know, like they feel I, like they're a little less the 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 shine's wearing off a little bit with them, uh, but I I anticipate them to be there. I, I anticipate them to be in the mix in January. So sure, sure, and I agree. He's going to have to elevate his play, and so far, I'm, Mahomes that is, to, because this team is not as good. Like I just said, the three rookies starting on the line, the defense is not as good. Like they're just they're just not. They're dead last in the league in EPA per play. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. And so he has to, his play is down right now, you know, stock down. And um, he needs to be better than he was last year for them to, to, to be as good as they were last year. So, yeah, I don't disagree. I just, some of those things were a little fluky in my opinion. And I just wanted to put that out there. Sure. All right. All right. Let's go best win, worst loss. Who's your best win of the week? Best win is uh, the Rams. Not much to say here. They, they kind of, kind of, I, I mean, again, I didn't see a ton of the game, but, they kind of just beat up Tampa. It, it never really felt like uh, like Tampa was was really in the game. I mean, they had that long touchdown to Deshaun Jackson in the third quarter, and that that felt like the end of the game to me. But um, really impressive home win for them. I want to see. I still want to see some more from the offense. I mean, I th- we talked about it this 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 offseason that they were going to have. You know, Mahomes was going to look incredible. I'm sorry, Stafford was going to look incredible in this offense. You know, we we knew that coming in and. He, he's lived up to it. So, but that's, that's my best win of the week. Would you say he's the front runner from the MVP right now? It feels like it. Yeah. It feels like it. Hmm. Where'd you hear that? Where'd you, where'd you hear that? And from first. Hey, who's the front runner for the MVP every single year until about week nine? Yeah. No, no. How I many mean, MVP, how many MVP votes does that guy have? Yeah. You talking about Russell Wilson? Is that who we're talking about? That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. So your front runner on week four is not really that impressive. I, I just, I just want, look, that's it. It's like a victory I, lapse in week three. I'm not taking a victory lap. I'm just suggesting that. Yeah, we remember like I, your prediction. I feel like I was all over this Stafford stuff really early. So you went right. really far out on a limb on that one. <laughs> listen, I also said Baker Mayfield was going to be a candidate, too. All right. So listen, the Tom Brady stuff with these teams that he loses to early in the season, that he has the potential to play later. I just I don't get too wrapped up in it you know last year remember in october or whatever when they played the chiefs and fucking tyreek hill had like 300 yards receiving or whatever and you know they obviously came back and changed that like i think it was a good win for the rams but i you know i think the chargers win was really good but i didn't pick that one i'm gonna go with green bay i thought green bay winning it's at san francisco 30 to 28. I just feel like from a long-term perspective, from a slotting, you know, to say, okay, I think this team is probably better than this one. I think that that one went much further for the, the just kind of the scope of what the season is looking like tough, hard fought game. Rogers gets the ball with 37 seconds left, goes right down the field. They, they kick, they kick the ball, they win. And I just, you know, you think about, Obviously, we we know that the NFC West is the best division in football. San Francisco's right in the mix over there. They're a good team. Then you have these other narratives, right? Like the whole week one thing with Green Bay getting their asses kicked by New Orleans. You got the whole Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. You got the whole offseason where he's not there and just everything that's that's around that team and surrounding that team right now. And for them to sort of have a statement win against a team like that on the road in a place that he has a lot of demons, right? He has a lot of demons against San Francisco. So just all that context, for me, that makes that Green Bay win at San Francisco the the win of the week. Yeah, that's fair. I loved the videos on Twitter of, like, the Green Bay fans. like in the the stands. Yeah, it's so sick. Like the, the fans are just going nuts, and the guy's just like, doesn't matter. 37. Does I mean, he not hits matter. fucking Devontae Adams right over the middle. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, these really great quarterbacks, you know, as long as they have 
37 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like right there, that 30 second, 35 second marks, probably the limit, you know, because they didn't, did they have one timeout or maybe they didn't even have any timeouts? 37 seconds, no timeouts, marks right down the field, boom, bam, it's over. So huge win for Green Bay. Really liked it. Who's your worst loss of the week? I'm doing it a little bit different this week. Normally, we pick a team that, that lost to a bad team or some, a game that they should have won. I'm doing it a little bit differently. I'm picking a team that lost in the worst fucking possible way. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm with you. The Detroit Lions, man. It looked like they had it sewn up, dude. I was, I was checking scores, and I was like, holy shit, this is, this is perfect. This is fucking perfect. And I stopped watching it because I didn't think there was even a chance. And, and speaking of it, your boy, Lamar Jackson, with the big game-winning drive. Um, sure. He hit the pass on 4th and 19 to Sammy Watkins for 36 yards on 4th and fucking 19. Yep. And then, God damn it, if Justin Tucker doesn't kick 66-yard field goal. And the way that thing went in, and the videos from that game were a lot more sad than the videos oh, from yeah. the Rodgers play. Yeah. But, man, it, that was tough. That total gut punch for them. And um, But uh, still my bottom three. <laughs> Yeah, you know, look, I'm not going to hammer the Ravens too. Marquise Brown dropped two fucking touchdowns. It was a weird game. Then, it was a know, really weird game. Crazy game. I thought Detroit had it wrapped up, so, you know, I turned away from it. Again, don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Boykin and Rashad Bateman are both practicing this week. I, I think that Ravens team, this is a good win. That that was a really good win for them because there was a lot of adversity there. The they had all the COVID about, stuff, yeah. Team's about to get better. I think that's a really good spring. I'm I'm a little concerned about the Ravens in a way that I wasn't before. If you go back a couple of weeks ago, just because all the things I said last week, and then you know them getting more dynamic from a from an offensive weapon standpoint, uh, that team could be good. I'm gonna just know, go. Th- go well, hang on though. I know the score is 19 to seven, and this was. Um, you know, this is the Lions and the Ravens. It doesn't sound like a great game to watch if you look at that. But listen to the, this is how every single drive ended yeah. in the second half. Baltimore field goal, Lions touchdown, Baltimore field goal, Lions touchdown, Baltimore pick, Lions field goal, Baltimore field goal. That's pretty that, – that would be entertaining to me. It was. And, and I, that was – I was watching the Browns and it went to that afterwards. But uh, anyway, all right, I'm going to go more traditional worst loss of the week. Dude, it's the fucking Steelers, man. Losing 24-10 at home to Cincinnati. Like, since he was up 24-7 to halfway through the third quarter, that game was over halfway through the third quarter. Pittsburgh, and, and on top of all that, right, Pittsburgh kicks a 26-yard field goal down 17 with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's almost like they didn't even want to win. And I go back to some of the comments I made a few weeks ago about if this team starts going south, Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger might be on the hot seat. And you're like, no fucking way. Dude, kicking a 26-yard field goal down 17 with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, that's some fireable fucking shit right there. Like, maybe not you don't get fired because of that, but when he comes in for his end-of-the-season meeting, that should be a bullet point on the fucking list. I'll tell you that right there. Ben Roethlisberger is... It's done. He's done. He's done. Holy shit. Najee Harris had 19 targets, 19 targets. And he had, he had a lot of fantasy points. I got to see what his eight. Well, he had 14 fucking receptions. Yes. yes. For For a hundred yards. Oh, a (laughs) hundred yards. And then, but he had like 17 carries for 40 yards. Dude, they can't run the football. They drafted. uh, Yeah. I tweeted it. I think you saw. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked it. You know, I mean, last dead last in, um, rushing, uh, Success rate, and it's not even it's it's by like a mile. Ben Roethlisberger's cooked. They can't run the football. And then on top of all that, I understand that T.J. Watt wasn't playing. They're a little bit banged up on defense. Cincinnati's offensive line is fucking horrible. They had Mm -hmm. zero sacks, no sacks. I just, man, for a once and kind of always will be storied franchise. I mean, I don't want to create the image like they're done forever or whatever. That certainly to me feels like that's a situation as a fan when you're sitting there week three and you're like, man, we just looked horrible against Cincinnati. And, you know, we got a really tough schedule. They have a first place schedule coming up. 
So this Pittsburgh team, I, I said, what, seven and 10? That's feeling a little uh, aggressive at this point. You know what Na- I mean? So Najee's 19 targets came at an A dot of negative 0.3. So talk about what that means. So that is average depth of target. So that means that Najee Harris was standing 0.3 yards behind the line of scrimmage for over, over the course of all 19 targets. That means that Ben is not throwing the ball down the field. Now, to be fair to Ben, Chase Claypool did have 15 targets yes, at, eight point, at 8.1, but even 8.1 is, is more like towards the top of the middle. It's, that's not like that's, that's not stretching the field at all. I mean, I hope Pittsburgh drafts a fucking running back again in the first round this year, too. I mean, <laughs> for, for Christ's sakes, please, God, don't draft a quarterback or an offensive lineman. Like, keep doing what you're doing. We love it, and I'm sure the fans in Baltimore love it and the fans in all the other NFL, AFC cities that, you know, watch Pittsburgh dominate for years. We're really happy that you guys continue to do it. So, Mr. Rooney, please continue to keep this coaching staff in place that kicks 26-yard field goals down 17 with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Who's your top five after three weeks? All right. So, I'm going a little, little different. I got I was keeping the Ravens in there at five. Like I said, I, I felt that that win was, was and I agree with you, was was kind of a little bit more impressive than, than it uh at first blush. And then at, at four, I'm going with the bills. They look to be all the way back to, to what they were. So no changes there. And then um, I got the chiefs at three. So I'm agreeing with you. I think their stock is a little bit down and I got the, uh, I got the Rams at two and I'm keeping the bucks at one. I think I, I just, I just think that they'll figure it out. I just think that they're the best team, the best roster. And I think that they'll figure it out. So no changes in teams, just a little change there. I flip flopped the Rams and the uh, chiefs. Let me ask you a little bit of a, which is more important, or maybe it's neither. The signings this last couple days, the Richard Sherman signing to Tampa, the Josh Gordon signing to Kansas City, is either going to make a huge impact, both are going to make a huge impact, or or neither. Um. Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think that Richard Sherman is more important to Tampa than Josh Gordon is to Kansas City. But I think that Gordon's Josh Gordon's in- only like 25. <laughs> <laughs> Their offense is not the problem, though. As, as I mentioned, you know, they outgained, they outgained San, uh, San Diego. They outgained L.A., you know, still still running out six yards per play. And but I, I think he's just going to open up the offense even more once he does get up there. And I think that'll be having a bigger impact. Richard Sherman, I mean... The last time I remember seeing him, he was getting dusted when he was playing for the Niners. I can't, those yeah. little guys, man, that he used to just manhandle, yeah, just blowing right by him. So, um, so yeah, I, I, that's that's how I'll answer that. Look, I'm going to say neither, but I think I'll give Josh Gordon like a slight advantage because right now I heard a stat today that Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are getting like 60% target share. And maybe that just kind of opens up the offense. I think they're missing Sammy Watkins, to be honest with you. Even though, you know, Sammy didn't stay healthy, he would always have like one or two games in this in the season where he would get like two touchdowns. Well, look, is he better is he better than Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman? Know. I Luke, think he is. I, I don't think know, he is. man. I mean, I'm not going to go down that road. I've been jilted by that lover so many times <laughs> that I, I'm not going to sit here. I think that you know, from a, from an age perspective and wear and tear on your body, Josh Gordon certainly has the likelihood of being a bigger factor than the Richard Sherman signing, but I'm probably going to go with, with neither there. And I think that that's perfectly fine. I I, I don't think he's going to come in and be like a wide receiver one or anything like that. And, or he could, (laughs) or he could come in and score fucking 14 touchdowns and be, you know, Josh Gordon for all we know. Fuck, I don't know. You know, again, like I said, I mean, I know I said he was 25 and that's a little bit of a joke, but what seriously, what's he like 28? He's 30. Okay. So yeah, this last suspension took some, took some time off of both of our lives. And he all didn't right. play last year. I don't think. No, no. Yeah, he, right. he missed, he missed all of last year. So my top five here, just outside, look, I, I got some shift in here this week. So just outside the top five, I got Kansas City. Whoa! I got Baltimore, and I got a new entrant here. I got the right. Arizona. I got the Arizona Cardinals. 
I really like what I've seen from that team. Now, Kyler is super inconsistent and unreliable, and I'm not a huge Cliff Kingsbury fan, but I think from what I've seen so far, I think they're probably one of the best eight or nine teams in the NFL. So I'm going to put them right there. Number five is the Packers. They were just outside last week. I really like that win. Buffalo's four. I really like what I'm seeing from Buffalo the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, it's not against great football teams. Washington's defense is just kind of, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, you know, I said they were going to be ferocious, like the Jacksonville defense when they went to the AFC championship. That certainly isn't the case. So let's see what Buffalo looks like in a couple more weeks. But right now I'm going to put them at number four. Browns stay consistent at three. I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. I, I just, I don't, the Browns are going to be able to fucking grind teams. It's really going to come down to they haven't really been in these situations before. So do they make stupid mistakes like the Chubb fumble, like the special teams, you know, the Scottish hammer, Gillen muff punt and all that. Like, I, I don't know, but I'm going to put them at three. And I did move Tampa down. I did move Tampa down. Because I think right now, as it sits today, the Rams are a more complete team. Tampa's secondary is not good. And look, that game was a lot worse than the score really indicated. Tampa only ended up losing by 10, right? It was, what, 34-24? The Rams jumped out on them early. Your boy Cooper Cup, man, that fucking kid is... You went on the pooper hate train like, like at the wrong wrong time i mean he had two more touchdowns he's so a bum. he's really good i i bum. really wish that they would use robert woods more because i have him on a couple of my fantasy football teams so that's a little upsetting but i got the rams at one in tampa too i just look this is we do this every week it's not set in stone i have a feeling when it's all said and done tampa's gonna be number one but right now as it stands i i like the rams and i'm gonna give them I'm going to give them that 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 slight edge. Yeah, no, I mean, no real issues here. I mean, they just won the game. And like like, you know, we both said they they pushed around Tampa and uh, just a quick few uh, DVOA notes on some of the teams that you mentioned. Cleveland comes in and, you know, I think you had him. What you said? Three. three. Um, and that's another thing that we said last week. You know, they they didn't look good. They, they did not play well. I mean, outside of like three throws, Baker was really bad and they won the game by 20 and still were going out five yards a clip. So. That's what good teams do. So I have no problem there. They come in this week at number two overall DVOA. Uh, that's pretty highly skewed from facing horrid Chicago Bears team because it really boosted the defense DVOA. But number two overall, the Rams check in at three. You're just outside the top five. Arizona Cardinals are at four. And uh, Tampa Bay's at seven. And you had the Chiefs just outside. They're ranked 15th in DVOA. So it's a few notes there that yeah. I thought were interesting. One interesting note, and I know you were watching the golf and you kind of just watched the highlights of the game. Really impressed with the Browns in two, with Stefanski, the Browns, the game plan with Baker on Sunday in two areas. Chicago was keying on Chubb and he wasn't getting long carries. They started doing change of pace with Kareem Hunt, and he just kind of started getting the hot hand. And they really, awesome. and they really started going with Hunt. And I like that, right? Don't be the team that, you know, we this guy's our first back, and this guy's our second back, so he's got to start every drive. Like they started a few drives, especially in the second half and at the end of the first half with Hunt, and really were feeding him the ball and featuring him. And I really liked that little wrinkle to the offense. And then Odell Beckham. You could see the difference now versus before. And it's just because of Baker's understanding of the offense. No forced balls to Odell. Odell got his opportunities. They ran him on a little jet sweep. They were getting him over the middle. They were they were trying to hit him down the sideline. I was really impressed and happy with the way that Odell was able to sort of effortlessly and seamlessly integrate himself back into the offense. And that, not that I was concerned or that any of us were, cons you know, you or I were concerned about that, 
but that was, you know, the national media narrative and shit, even fucking the local Cleveland hack beat writers, that's a narrative that they have. But I think after seeing that game on Sunday, it really kind of quiets that whole crowd of like when Odell's in there, Baker has to force him the ball. They got him the ball in key situations. And I was really happy with that. Yeah, I, um, I felt the exact same way that they really didn't force anything to him. He had nine targets, you know, five receptions. I thought the back shoulder throw up the right side was really, really <laughs> impressive. They looked like they had a little chemistry. Just to touch on Baker, too, the same thing with the touchdown throw was filthy to Hooper and yeah. uh, and the one up the left sideline to, to Peoples-Jones. But, yeah, did not feel forced at all. If, if you're saying that, like, you're just lying to yourself. You're telling on yourself, and it's embarrassing. Don't, don't stop with that shit. That was not forced. I'm excited for how it's going to look moving forward. Yeah, he missed Harrison Bryant on a couple. He really likes Real Harrison bad. Bryant. He really likes Harrison Bryant, and I really like Harrison Bryant. And that was sort of a sneaky third, fourth round pick last year that was unexpected, and they were able to use him last year a little bit. We left points out on the field. That team, there's still, I'd say, two or three more gears for that team. Good test for him this week against the Vikings. Uh, race for the number one pick. You got any changes in your bottom three or four teams? I do. I do. Um, the Jets and the Jags, I don't you, you, they're both one and two. Um, you, you figure out how you want to put them. And then uh, the loser of the poop bowl is now in there. The New York Giants. 0-3, Dave Gettleman strikes again. We got the same bottom three, but it's in a different order. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL. And <laughs> it's but I think the Giants are worse than Jags, man. Like I just I don't the Giants are fucking terrible. And Joe Judge, like today, I know you saw the shit on Twitter today where he's like, analytics don't matter and fucking bunch of nerds. Like, dude, he's the last person on that hill, like right now. There's, there's, well, Gettleman, him and Gettleman are the only ones left on that, like the analytics shit don't matter hill. And uh, if, if spreadsheets worked, Bill Gates Bill would Gates, be, get the fuck out of here, you but clown. To his credit, that sounds like something I would have said to you like five years ago. So yeah, I'm not evolved. Well, we've all evolved, you Except know, for I mean, Joe Judge. Well, and the funny thing is, is, like Belichick still says this shit, even though everybody knows that they have like one of the best analytics departments in the league. But it's wait just, a minute. That's Belichick's doing it as like a fucking fake out. Like, I know Joe Judge is being serious. <laughs> I know. I know. So I got the Jets, Giants, Jags. I think that Chicago and Pittsburgh are getting dangerously close to being in this vicinity. I got to see a little bit more from Pittsburgh. I'm not ready to bury them. Well, yet. I was going to say you're putting Pittsburgh down there. You might have to make another proclamation Monday here pretty soon. I'm not <laughs> ready. to. You, you got a proclamation Monday on fucking Cooper Cup yet. Are we ready for that? No, I'll apologize when an apologize when apology is necessary. It's He's necessary leading the yet. NFL in touchdowns. It's week three. All right. All right. Okay. And he's got the MVP front runner quarterback. I mean, who wouldn't be leading the league in touchdowns? Touche. Touche. So let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to week four. What games are you excited for this week? Um, all of them. Um, I'm excited to get back to watching football. I'm excited to watch football. <laughs> it was um you know, I, I like I I've sacrificed it every every week to watch the, the Ryder Cup, but uh, I am excited to get a football Sunday back in here. But for me, the game of the week, I would have to say is um, probably the Raiders and the Chargers on Monday night. Raiders still look good, man. They're still cruising. They uh, they won in overtime. It looked a little rougher, but uh, Derek Carr was still great. And, um, you know, they were able to pull off. You know, that's another one of those teams where good teams find a way to win those games, which is exactly what they did. And obviously the Chargers coming off a uh, which I would imagine to be a pretty emotional win for that team just to see how they respond for yet another division game and an, an important one. If, if, you know, these two teams stay ahead of Kansas City, you know, this could come down to, you know, who's who's playing a home playoff game. So, so yeah. that one for for me. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, I think you're probably going to touch on the other one. So. Yeah, I got a couple. I got three, but two of the games are kind of in the same category for me. These NFC West games this week, the Cardinals at the Rams and the Seahawks at the 49ers, I'm just really looking forward to kind of – I think all four Seahawks of those – got to show something, man. Yeah, the Seahawks do got to fucking show something. They've blown 10-point leads two weeks in a row. The only team they've beat is Indianapolis. Indianapolis just doesn't seem like a really good team right now. 
Seahawks at 49ers, Cardinals at Rams. I, I just I want to see how this NFC West is going to start to shake out. I think that all four of those teams are good, but I don't know. So I want to see what the Seahawks look like. I want to see what the Cardinals look like at the Rams. I'm more interested to see what the road teams look like than anything. And surprisingly, the game I'm actually looking forward to seeing the most is the Ravens at the Broncos. A lot of these national sports guys right now are really hot on the Broncos. I saw some NFL power rankings. Yeah, I saw I saw an NFL power ranking that had Denver at four. It was either Sports Illustrated or something like that. So oh, Jesus Christ. Now the Teddy Bridgewater thing, they got talent. Now they just lost KJ Hamler. So obviously Judy's out for a couple weeks. Hamler's out. Tim Patrick's doing some things. Fan look. I like what the Broncos look like. I think that's a sneaky game, right? Anytime you go out to Denver, the thin air, the Ravens are going to be trying to integrate Boykin and possibly Boykin and Bateman back into the office, into the offense. So I'm just really looking forward to this game. And I'm going to say something tells me that Denver is going to win this game because it's, it's they're plus one. They're, it's only a one point spread, and it's like There's a pick right now at Bet Online. So it's it so up. it's even moved in the last couple hours. So I, just something tells me about that game, like the, the they are fucking begging you to take Baltimore. And I think I'm, I'm going to. I think Baltimore is going to smack them. Well, that's Denver's Denver's three and zero. They've played three winless teams. I'm not. Exactly. They beat the, the two the two New York teams and Jacksonville. No, do they beat they beat all the bottom three? <laughs> yes. I think they've beat our bottom three. Hang on. Yes. <laughs> so they beat the three worst teams in the league. So disagreeing with you, but that spread feels like seriously, that it, it feels like it should be at least six, six and a half. Whoa. Which way? For, I think the Ravens should be favored by a touchdown in that game. I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's a home game. Let's, let's not be disrespectful. It's still a home game. And you mentioned Denver's little – Denver's got a good defense. Look, I talked all summer about how I how I felt about the Broncos' um, roster outside of the quarterback position. And, you know, I, I don't – I just think that the Ravens are an actual football team and they have yet to play one. Okay. All right. So my point is, I'm really looking forward to that game, and I wouldn't be surprised if Denver keeps that close or possibly, possibly even wins. So, just throwing that out there. So let's move we in. Mention we did mention that the yeah you, you mentioned the weirdness with the wide receivers, and they do have some other guys that are just coming back that missed last week. So yep. so definitely. So let's move into our NFL pick'em for the week. We both went two and three last week. We split the ones that we were different on, and then obviously we lost some. So I got five more this week. We're just going to come out hot, come out blazing. Browns at Vikings. Vikings plus one and a half. Who you got? Uh, Browns minus. I'm, I'm laying the points. Okay, that's a, that's a game. That's a game that a good team should win by more than one and a half. This is good. This is going to be a really good test for the Browns. You know, the sneaky storyline that nobody's talking about is the Stefanski revenge game. And don't think that the Vikings players who were there and the coaches that were have been there for years aren't talking about, you know, Stefanski wants to come back and beat your ass and the whole nine yards. So it's going to be a sneaky game. Vikings are a little banged up. Kirk Cousins is having a really good early start to the year. But Dalvin Cook. I read that up. before. Yes, every year. So we both like the Browns there. I'm also excited to see that uh, receiving core go against um, the secondary. I wish Newsom was healthy, but uh... – but, yeah, I'm excited to see Jefferson and Thielen versus uh, our secondary. Got to get Greedy out there, man. Greedy's got to get some reps, and this is a good one for him. So maybe a little LSU on LSU, man, him trying to chase Justin Jefferson around, or you think they're going to put – you think they're going to put uh, Denzel on Jefferson? Yeah, I, I would stick I would stick Ward on uh, Jefferson. Let Greedy fuck around with Thielen? Yeah. Eek. Okay. Detroit at Chicago, minus two and a half. Chicago's minus two and a half. Who do you like there? Detroit at Chicago. Yeah, Chicago minus two and a half. Sounds like Andy Dalton practice today. Sounds like he may start. So the, the way that the Lions lost last week is is a backbreaker for a team like that. Um, that didn't have much going for it. Looked like they were gonna get a really good win. Give me Chicago. I think I think we're overcorrecting a little bit on on Chicago. I, I don't think they're 
they're good or, or anything like that, but neither is Detroit. I'm going to go the opposite direction that you just did. I'm, I'm picking Detroit. I picked him in the bet online read. I think actually that Dan Campbell might not be that bad of a coach, right? Oh like gosh. the whole bite your kneecaps thing. Who, who, who is this guy I'm talking to right now? And I think that he can use that close win as a springboard for that team. You guys have been in games. You came back on San Francisco. You almost beat Baltimore. You're right there. Let's keep working. Jared Goff, I think he's been better than most people have anticipated. They came out this week and said they're going to feed DeAndre Swift the ball. I'm going Detroit on that one. So I, I like the road team in that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, like I said, those, those wins usually go one of two ways. It usually goes down a really bad path for the rest of the season. Or, you know, it helps them keep them competitive and they might actually win a few games here but but yeah arizona at the rams rams are minus four and a half uh i'll take the i'll take the rams okay we both have that seattle at 49ers 49ers minus two and a half i gotta see more from seattle so so give me uh give me the niners i thought for sure you were gonna go seattle i don't know why i wanted to i wanted to I really, really wanted to because Russ usually comes back pretty well from games like that. And but I, I need to see more. And I I don't know. I, I hear they're you. They're in a weird spot. They've blown two 10 point leads, man. That's that that to me feels a little shaky. I got the 49ers there too. So we got the same there. And then we're gonna go Baltimore, Denver. Denver's plus one. You said now it's a pick'em. So let's just say it's a pick'em. Straight up Denver or Baltimore. Who you got? I got Baltimore. I'm going to go Denver. Okay. So this week, our pick them is riding on Detroit and Denver for me. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, you have the lead going into the pick them next week. But I don't interesting know. Note on, interesting note on that San Francisco game. They're number one in rush EPA defensively. So the the Seahawks aren't going to be able to just hand the ball off to Chris Carson a ton. You know, I think he got 20 carries last week. They featured him last week for sure. Yeah, not going not gonna to be able to do that, I don't think. So it'll be interesting to see. And they got a pretty good run defense themselves. They're, they're ninth right now. Yeah. So Okay. So let's move into college football. Just a few good minutes here. Not a whole lot. I know last week we had a few topics. I just want to get into the games of the week. Last week, we didn't have a lot of great games for week four. Week five is significantly better. For me, there's about five or six really good games that I'm going to have an eye on on Saturday. Number 14, Michigan at Wisconsin. That's at noon on Fox. Wisconsin's favored in that game. Really? Yeah, they're minus one. This is a game that Michigan gets fucking smacked in usually. Right. So they've they've had a good early start to the season. They come into Wisconsin. Everybody's pumped up. Wisconsin fucking smacks them by two touchdowns. I got to see something. I'll be ready to do the like Michigan might be for real this year if they can win this game. I'm not convinced. I'm going to be watching it. Another game that I'm really liking, it's, it's certainly not as high profile as some of the other games I'm going to talk about. Louisville at number 24, Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a fun football team. The local squad. They're 4-0. They've just beat Virginia. They smacked the shit out of Florida State two weeks ago. It's going to be a fun game. Now, not a lot of people are going to be able to watch it. That's a 1230 on ESPN3. That's, <laughs> that's a weird kickoff time, and it's on ESPN3. But that Wake Forest team is really fun, and, and I'm going to try to watch it. Obviously, my eyes are going to be on the Michigan game, but I'm going to be paying attention. Why don't you take the short trek over to Winston? Because I'm watching Michigan and, and Wisconsin. <laughs> the next one here is the, it's, it's the battle of the Heisman favorites. The two Heisman favorites, number 12, Old Miss, who has Matt Coral, who is the Heisman favorite on bet online at Alabama, number one. They have the number two guy. And then it's really after that, it's, it's a huge. I think Coral's 150, plus 155. Uh, Bryce Young is plus 185, and then the next guy's like plus 1,000. It's not even Spencer Radler. I can't even remember who it is. The over-under on that game is 79. So you got Lane Kiffin. You got Nick Saban. You got Heisman favorites. You got a high over-under. I think that's going to be a fun game. That's at 330 on CBS. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. So I'm going to have my eye on that one. After Spencer Rattler is tied in third for, for favorite. 
Uh, Coral and Bryce Young are both plus 175, and there's three guys tied in third. That's plus 1,600. Spencer Rattler, JT Daniels, and a guy that you might be mentioning here in a second, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. I will be. So I have two games. Like, I think this is the first time in the in the three years of the show, and every week I do my college football games of the week where I've had a dual game of the week. And it's my two sweetheart college football teams. Number eight, Arkansas at number two, Georgia. That's at noon on ESPN. Georgia's an 18 and a half point favorite. That is a huge spread. I don't think that Arkansas is going to win this game, but 18 and a half for a team that's beat two highly ranked, high profile programs in Texas A&M and Texas, that just feels really disrespectful. So I and will have my eye on that. And then the game that we've been looking forward to really since before the season started, them number seven, them UC Bearcats, Cincinnati Bearcats at number nine, Notre Dame. That's at 2.30 on NBC. The Bearcats are a two-point favorite on the road going to touchdown Jesus. Who in the fucking – who in their right mind would have ever thought that not only Cincinnati would be ranked number seven going into this game, that – that they would be a favorite. I think they're going to go into South Bend. They're going to beat the shit out of Notre Dame, but I, I don't I, look, I'm not a Brian Kelly guy. I'm not a Notre Dame guy. I just don't have a lot of faith in Notre Dame because they always get beat in high profile games. They just always do. And this may not be necessarily considered a high profile game, but I think this is probably the biggest game in the history of Cincinnati football. So Oh, I spent last uh, Saturday evening with um, some Cincinnati residents, and um, it absolutely is the biggest game in Cincinnati football history. And I think the team's going to be ready. They got a good football coach in Luke Fickle who has coached in big games before, so the moment's not going to be too big for him. I think he's going to have the team ready, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for that game. I'll be, I'll be spending my one college football game this week watching that one. Desmond Ritter, man, he's the man. They, they, they can't start slow. I, I don't. They can't be intimidated in that in that arena because it's going to be loud. It's in that uh, that stadium. It's going to be rocking, and uh, they're going to want to show that hey, we're still Notre Dame. But I agree with you. Definitely not a Brian Kelly guy, but I do I do like Notre Dame. And don't get fucking cute with that safety from Notre Dame. What's his name? Um, uh, he's fucking awesome he's though. Kyle Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, something like that. He's sick. He's fucking sick. All right. Don't forget at WC Sports Pod Facebook Twitter. Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe to us. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only betonline.ag. With that... We love you and enjoy your lives. USA, USA, USA. Somebody stop me. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.